Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul tests this morning. Lord, thank you for a brand new day. Lord, thank you for the breath of life in me. Thank you for the gift of life this morning. Thank you, Lord, because we are able to wake up, move our bodies. Lord, we are able to wake up and come into your presence this morning. We give you all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for this grace, the grace of knowing you. Thank you, Lord God, for this message, the message to enter into the presence of the King of Kings. Thank you, Lord God, just for who you are, because you are the Ancient of Days. Lord, you are the creator of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth. Lord, you are the maker of all things. And so, Lord, it's a privilege to worship you. You are Yahweh. Lord, you are Jehovah. It's a great privilege to worship you this morning. Receive all the glory, precious Father. Receive all the praise, precious Father. Receive all the glory, precious Father. Receive all the praise, precious Father. You are indeed the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is none like you, Lord. No one can be compared to you in all the universe. Be glorified forevermore in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we have come one more time. We have come to bless your name. We have come to, to learn in your presence as we read the word this morning, we ask, Father, grant us wisdom, grant us understanding, and cause your name to be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Morphy Eyenike. All right, so we continue reading our Bibles. We paused uh, for that short study um, on the spiritual gifts. So we start continue reading our Bibles and currently we are on uh, the book of First Corinthians. Okay, so that's where we'll start. We'll start today. I just want to say and encourage all of this series are on uh, my uh, channel on Spotify. So you can check it out and listen to them over again and again. All of um, the series and teachings that we have are right there um, on the rapture. You know, um, the book of Revelations we studied, all of them are there. Okay, so you could just go back and continue to listen, okay, and learn for yourself. Uh, same thing with as we continue. Um, Okay, so First Corinthians, First Corinthians, a little background before we start reading. First Corinthians, um, it's a letter Paul writes to the Corinthian church. Um, the Corinthian church, just like the Thessalonican church, where the churches that Paul had the most challenges. Okay, so if you want to go and trace it, then you have to go to Acts chapter eighteen to have a good idea of what happened to Paul when he was in, in Corinth. Um, where, while Paul was in Corinth, 
God actually uh, gave him a, a vision and spoke to him and told him not to be afraid and that he was going to protect him in this city. And so Paul stayed in this church for a long time, you know, teaching and preaching until he left. Okay? So that was likely his first encounter with them. After that, there was obviously a physical, somebody brought news to him from the house of Chloe. We'll read about this person, okay? From the house of Chloe. Sustenance that, um, that Paul mentioned in, uh, in verse 1 was one of the heads of the synagogue, okay, in, in Corinth. And when they bring um, this news to Paul, it was that things were not going well. Corinth um, was a very big city, a cosmopolitan city. Just, just in your mind, just have an idea like Lagos, okay? So Corinth was, in, in fact, then it was the third largest Roman 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 city, okay? So um, it, was, it was very busy, okay? So this church was having a lot of problems, a lot of problems. Uh, some of it... Um, you could put down to divisions. Um, some of them were aberrations of the scripture. They have turned the scripture upside down. They were given it their own interpretation. Of course, being a cosmopolitan church, a Greek, you know, um, a Greek setting, there wasn't too many Jews. Uh, if you read some of Paul's letter, you could see that some some Jews were among them. There were some Jewish believers were among them. Not like that in Corinth, okay? So not too many uh, Jewish believers were here, okay? And it, it was a lot of struggle, okay? So when by the time Paul is writing this letter, this is the third uh, contact Paul is going to be having with the Corinthian church, okay? So you have to put that in mind when you read um, and as he tries to convince the people, first of all, of course, they were questioning uh, Paul's authority as an apostle. Okay, um, they had heard about Peter. Of course, a lot of them had encountered Apollos. Remember Apollos? Yes, whom uh, Priscilla and Aquila had helped. And Apollos was a mighty teacher. Okay, so they had heard from Apollos, and so they had. Taking, you know, just taking sides. If you want to use that as, okay, they are taking side. Oh, me, I am from, I'm from, I'm from, I am from Paul. I am for Peter. I am for Apollos. Some says I am for Jesus, and so Paul, in a sense, comes down hard. So, why is the book of First Corinthians really important? Uh, it is a lot like like the church we are currently living in, okay. Where you have so much divisions in church, how should we undo divisions? Paul will try to will give us some 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 solutions. Okay, the wisdom of God. Paul will give us some solutions. All right, get your Bibles this morning. Let's quickly read. We we'll take two chapters uh, every day, and so in eight days we should be through with this book. Greetings from Paul, First Corinthians chapter one. It says this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle. Of Christ Jesus and from our brother Sustenes. Okay, so just go back and read Acts, Acts chapter eighteen and all of the encounters here. There you will have an, a good idea who our brother Sustenes is. He says, "I was writing, I was writing to God's 
to God's church in Corinth. So the reason why I was a bit reluctant there was I wanted to go to Acts chapter 18 so that we could read of how they grabbed Sustenus and beat him up. <laughs> when Paul was causing too much problem in Corinth, but let's leave that. That's, that's for another day. Okay, because of our time. It says, I am writing to God's church in Corinth uh, to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus. Remember, we are made holy by Christ Jesus. Living a holy life is very, very important. Okay, so uh, Paul will address it here, even in, even with this church. If you know Jesus, if you live for Jesus, okay, it will just produce holiness in you. But never forget that our holiness, eh? when we stand at the judgment, our holiness comes from Jesus. Okay, It is because of Jesus that we will be declared holy and righteous. Okay, It won't be as a result of all the works, the good things that we have done. Very, very, very important. He says, he made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, their, their Lord and ours. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. What a wonderful prayer to pray for people. Eh? God will give you grace and peace in the mighty name of Jesus. Say, may God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Verse 4, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gift he has given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Okay, so remember that these were believers. Hmm? Very, very important. The situations that Paul was going to be handling in the Corinthian church is writing to believers because of those who, you know, make it look like when things happen in church, they are they are shocked. Okay? Even among Jesus, there were issues with his disciples. In the churches then, okay, there were issues too. So it wherever human beings are, <laughs> and the human nature is still is still in operation, there will be issues. Okay, Paul says, "I always thank my God for you and from the for the gracious gift He has given you. Now that you belong to to Christ Jesus, it says through Him, God has enriched enriched your church in every way through Him. That's through Christ." God has enriched your church in every way with all of your eloquent words and all of your of your knowledge. Okay? So that gives us a little background of the Corinthian church. Paul stayed there quite a long time. In fact, after his his initial encounter, you know, and uh, as he goes past the first set of trouble that he gets, he stays there for one and a half years, teaching, just like the Ephesian church that he stayed for more than two years. He stays there, you know, in the in the heights of Titius, then, you know, teaching for one and a half years. So a lot of these guys are grounded, and they feel that they have had, they have had everything. What else is anyone going to come and teach them? Okay. So Paul is, and Paul comments that. says, through him, God has enriched your church in every way with all your eloquent words and all 
all of your knowledge. They would have been those who were reading their Bibles regularly. And so by the time Paul was leaving this church, when he was leaving Acts chapter 18, uh, when he was eventually leaving, you know, um, these guys were well grounded in the scriptures. He says, verse 6, this confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have you have every spiritual gift you need uh, you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ okay so they had become grounded as as believers they had spiritual gifts those spiritual gifts that we just studied they had it in full in full expression in their midst the problem was over time as they were left on their own they began to abuse it okay Learn. So, um, it says, uh, this confirms that what I told you about Christ, Christ, about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ. It will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. Ah, I, I know that I will be free of all blame and you too, you will be free of, of all blame the day when Jesus returns in Jesus' name. He says, God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says. In other words, God will keep us blameless because God is faithful to do what he says and he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. All right, verse 10, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Why? There were divisions. It says, let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thoughts and purpose. <laughs> and the question here is, does, can that be possible? Can people be united in mind, in thoughts, and in purpose? Yes. At least one thing can unite us. Jesus Christ. Okay? We can, we can have disagreements. We can have different understanding about issues but at least the fact that we are we are children of god okay should should count for something and same thing applies even in a marriage the fact that the two of you are are children of god should count for something okay so it should there shouldn't be that much sharp disagreement to the point where there is infighting and there is division Okay, Paul says, no, let there be no division in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thoughts and purpose. For some members of Chloe's house have told me about your quarrels, my dear brothers and sisters. Okay, so it means that Paul gets a physical, okay, account. Somebody had come from the Corinthian church to tell him what was going, going on from the house of Chloe. 12. Some of you are saying, I am a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. And the question is, how can this be possible? Can you be a follower of Christ and still be a follower of people? Hmm. Maybe you might want to answer, is that possible? Ah, Jesus cannot be divided. Okay. Paul himself says that, follow me as I follow Christ. If you are following anybody and it is not, in quote, following Jesus, aha, you will just find out one day that you find yourself in hell. It doesn't work like that. 
Jesus is the one we all follow. Jesus is not divided. You look at the church today because Paul will eventually address this at the Galatian church. Paul will address this. That why is there so, you know, so much division among you? And he calls it that this is the work of the flesh that God will judge or no, uh, at the, will judge at the judgment. So Paul said, some of them said, I am a follower of Paul. Others are saying, um, I follow Apollos or I follow Peter or I follow only Christ. Paul answered, has Christ been divided into factions? Eh? You look at our churches today, so much, so many denominations. Has Christ been divided into factions? Paul is asking us, was I, Paul, crucified for you? And I love this about Paul. It is always my stand. Many times when I'm ministering, sometimes people say, ah, Paul, pastor, you are a bit hard on yourself. Was I crucified for you? I didn't die for you. Stop following me. Follow Jesus. If you will not follow, if your following me does not lead to following Jesus, please don't follow me. It's as simple. It's every minister of God should be able to say that with every clarity of heart. How you don't want to lead people to hello, minister of God. Okay? Paul says, look, if following me does not lead to following Jesus, please, oh, <laughs> was I the one that was crucified for you? Jesus was the one that was crucified for you. He's the one that will follow. Was I crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? <laughs> of course not. I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except, except Crispus and Gaius. Okay? Again, read Acts chapter 1. Okay? And read about, <laughs> about Gaius and the, and the rest of them. Those were the people that Paul baptized. Since for now, no one can say they were baptized in my name uh, before they come and be claiming that uh, the same thing happens in our church, you know, right here in Ekorodu. I don't do all the baptism by myself. Eh? <laughs> my leaders are able to do some of the baptism, you know, just and in this time, we are very, very careful to say you are being baptized in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? Before somebody will come and say that we are baptizing in the name of Samadhi Mm-hmm. Very important. We are baptized. It is in Christ that we have everything that we have. So Paul addresses that. He says, I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. For no one now can, can say they were baptized in my name. Oh yes, I also baptized the household of Steph- Stephanas. Uh, but, but I don't remember baptizing anyone else. For Christ didn't send me to baptize to preach the good news and not with clever speech for fear that the Christ, the cross of Christ would lose his power. So Paul did not use eloquence to preach to the, to the, to the Corinthian church. It was plain and simple. Let's read, okay, because of our time and run. says, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scripture says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence. I will discard the intelligence, uh, the intelligent, the intelligence of the intelligent. Okay, that's that's the book of Isaiah chapter 29 uh, verse 14. You will see Paul here eh, to this Corinthian church. You will see the number of times that Paul will quote from the book of Isaiah. This guy was grounded in the scripture. 
God says, as the scripture says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosopher, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom. It has been settled. You cannot know God through human wisdom. It is in Christ that we know God. Okay? So stop all this political mani- manipulation and all this political cal- calculation. It will not lead you to God. Only Christ, in Christ, you get to God. He says, um, God in his wisdom saw to it that the world will never know him through human wisdom. He has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from signs from heaven, and it is foolish to the Greek who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended, and the Gentiles say it is all nonsense. Remember that when Paul was preaching, the Jews, you know, were very uh, reluctant to accept it. What is this message of grace that this guy is preaching about and telling them that the Messiah has come? No. Show us the evidence. Prove with signs. And they had many signs and wonders, right? Jesus already proved that when he walked on the earth. So what were the Jews still asking for? And to the, and to the Greek, it didn't look, it didn't, it didn't make sense that I should just accept somebody and confess it, confess his name and declare that I am a child of God. That's all. Ah, it doesn't make sense. So, <laughs> says to the Gentiles, says it's all nonsense. Twenty-four. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Did you hear that? Jesus is the power of God. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. It is settled. Eh? God's foolishness is wiser eh? than the wisest person. Hmm? God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. So I would rather put my trust in God's weakness. Put my trust in God's foolishness, if you can call it that. Okay? If you can call it that. It says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that uh, that few of you were wise in the, in the world's highs or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considered considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to bring uh, to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. No one will ever be able to boast in the presence of God. I'm telling you, on that day, every one of us will raise up our hands. It is in Christ that we are saved. No one can boast in God's presence. It says God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and he freed us from, from sins. I'm telling you, read the book of Corinthians. It will bless you. Christ eh, made us right with God. He made us pure and holy 
and he freed us from our, from sin. Therefore, as the scripture says, if you want to boast, only uh, boast only about the Lord. The book of Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 24. If you have any boasting to do, boast about God. Boast that God is faithful. Boast that God is good. His mercies endures forever. Those are the things you should boast about, not about how good you are or how eloquent you are. Alright, let's move on to chapter 2. Um, because of our time, I'm going to run Paul's message of wisdom. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain rather than using clever and persuasive speeches. I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. So when Paul came to these people, he didn't come with... with remember, Paul was well grounded in the scripture apart from the fact that he was a lawyer. Yes, Paul was a lawyer. Okay, But Paul didn't put his trust in that. Paul said he came to them in weakness. And so he didn't have to rely in his, <clears throat> in his eloquence. You know, he didn't try to persuade them with, 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 or bamboozle them, if we want to use that, that new word, okay, uh, with, with, um, with words. He was, he was there to demonstrate God's power. He says, and my message and my preaching were very plain rather than using clever and persuasive speeches. I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. So in our churches today, what we should rely on is on the power of the Holy Spirit. And remember I said the Corinthian church is more like the church today. We should rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Since I did this so you will trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. People will eventually trust, even in church, and I'm telling you, people have bring a, brought a lot of witchcraft into the church brought a lot of that tradition into the church it is because we are trying to preach the word of god with human wisdom and that is what people will put their trust in paul is telling us here people either put their trust in human wisdom or or in the power of god verses yet when i am among matured believers i do speak with words of wisdom but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of the of this world who are soon forgotten no, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. Ah, thank you, Lord, that the devil did not understand this. Eh, Satan, sadly, eh, you didn't know that in crucifying Jesus, eh, hey, hey, that was how the world was going to be saved. Are you not excited this morning? I am excited. He says they would not have crucified the crucified our glorious lord that is why the scripture that is what the scripture means when they say no eye has seen no ear has had and no mind has imagined what god has prepared for those who who love him isaiah chapter 64 verse 4 okay um no eyes have seen god has wonderful plans for us 
Eh? And the devil did not know it. Eh? If he had known, he would not have crucified the Lord, crucified Jesus. Since, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secret. The Holy Spirit searches out everything, shows us God's deep secret. He says no one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirits. And no one can know God's thought except God's own spirit. So no one, so what Paul is doing here is reasoning just like the Greek, trying to make sense. Eh? No one can really see your heart. The only person that can see your heart is God himself. Ephesians says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. So it means that God can seize your heart. Book of Jeremiah, God says, I see the heart. I, I try the reins. What I see there, I judge. God can see the heart. So Paul says that no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. You know what you are thinking. You know what you are going through. So Paul is using that analogy to say the same way no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit, or say the Holy Spirit is the one who is revealing it. It says, and we have received God's spirit, not the word spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given to us. In other words, if a person's spirit is, is the one who knows what someone is thinking, then because we have the spirit of God, we should be able to know what God you know, um, what God's mysteries and secrets are, and what God is saying to us. Verse 13, when we, t- when we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the, by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. So, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it for only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means those who are spiritual can evaluate all things but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others paul is not asking us to and telling us that because we are spiritual now that means that we should just be doing and behaving anyhow we like we should still be grounded in the scripture don't miss it all because some people will say and the bible says that those who are spiritual can uh, can't can't be evaluated you know by cannot be evaluated by others that's not what okay they can be evaluated by others but they are evaluated by the scriptures okay we can use the scripture to measure and judge whether what we are doing is right or wrong or not okay but in the context in which paul is using using it here paul is trying to tell us that look there is a wisdom that comes from god it sounds foolish Okay, to the average man, to the one looking out there. And when we are applying this wisdom, okay, it looks foolish to the world. However, it is the wisdom of God. Since those who are spiritual, I read again, can can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. How can we know that we have the mind of Christ? Because we know that we have the word of God. When you are grounded in the scripture, you will be grounded in the word of God. That's why we read our Bibles every day. I'm telling you, reading through the Bible every year will bless your Christian life. Okay, remember that the Bible is one book, okay? 
it is one book that is written that you have different authors so reading through it every year will bless you you will understand the mystery of God, the plans of God, right from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. You will see that there is one connecting team there, and that person is Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, so I was blessed by that. I hope you were blessed. Again, okay, lessons that we learned here this morning. There are no divisions in the church, okay? There are no divisions in the church. Please, um, let's find unity. Let's be able to to agree to disagree, if you want to use that word, okay? We must be able to unite in Christ, however we disagree. And what I'm saying is useful in church, it is useful in the society, in the community, it is useful in a family. Wherever you find yourself, there there shouldn't be divisions. What you should portray is Christ, okay? Secondly, okay, the wisdom of God is foolishness to man. It sounds foolish, but I'm telling you, Jesus is the wisdom of God and it's the power of God. This morning, I pray for you that God will cause you to know Jesus better and better in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to pray this morning, Lord, help me to know Jesus better and better. Help me to know Jesus. Jesus, you are the power of God. You are the wisdom of God. Lord, help me to know Jesus better and better in the mighty name of Jesus. If there's anyone you have any form of disagreement this, with this morning, I want you to, res, to, to resol- resolve that you will resolve that issue. Yes, you will reconcile with your brother. You will reconcile with your wife. You will reconcile with your husband, with your children. And you will remove every form of division. Father, we say thank you this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for all that we have learned. Help us, give us the grace to work in this world in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we bless your name. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening and check out uh, this on Spotify. God bless you. Have a great day.